And so I'm not going to rush into um, starting whatever I have written out here. And I just ask us to just tarry for a few moments and see what the Lord does with us. As we're praying this morning, I felt that the Lord wants to align hearts. And I've been feeling that since Wednesday night. And when Ross came up, I just said, yes. That the Lord wants to align hearts. And I don't know where you are at the moment. I don't know where your heart is at the moment. I don't know if it's, if what you know about God or about Jesus is what Russ has preached here or is what you've received from God himself. I don't know if it's what your parents have shared with you or if it's the encounter you've had with the God of the Bible. And so this morning I feel that God wants to this is how I plan to end, end the message, but I feel this is how God will have me start. And so if you don't mind just closing your eyes for a few moments and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. I give you my heart. There might be sin in your heart. There might be unbelief in your heart. But in this moment, just say, Lord, have your way. I give you my heart. We could come to church Sunday after Sunday and listen to sermon after sermon and our heart isn't still right with God. I feel this is one of those moments where God just wants to encounter us. And so ask him, Lord, I give you my heart. There needs to be a realignment this morning, Holy Spirit, and do it. Then do it, Holy Spirit, but I give you my heart. Lord, you can have our heart. It's all yours. You can have our minds. It's yours. We've been listening and we've been speaking about countercultural Jesus. What that means, in essence, is Jesus comes in and, and, and he speaks against the things that are called normal in our society. He challenges those things that are normal to us. Those things that the world has said to us is, is normal, is right to do, whether with our body, with our resources, whatever it is. But Jesus has come in to say no. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your heart. And so in this moment, Lord, have our hearts, have our minds, have our bodies, Lord, and do with us what you will. Amen. I think I'm going to get into trouble for spending five minutes just, <laughs> but I feel that's what the Lord will have me do. And so just trying to be obedient. Several years ago, um, I remember, I mean, this was Lanry, young adult, whenever I met with my friends, so I met with, like, um, I made a new friend. One of the first things I'll say to them, one of the first, you know, line conversation I'll start with is, 
what would you do if you had a million naira? Uh, now, a million naira in Nigeria back then would mean about 5,000, 5, 6,000 pounds today. And I was wired that way because in that culture and in that time, it was all about how do I make money? What do I do to make money? And so I had that hustle mindset. I want to make money. I want to, I want to get ahead in life. And then along the line, um, I met Shiju, who's my wife. <laughs> and, I, and, and I remember the second day, you guessed right. I said to her, what would you do if you had a million naira? Imagine that for a pickup line. Anyways, I think it worked. Because <laughs> she's still married to me 11 years after. So I think that worked. But yeah, I did ask her, what would you do if you had a million naira? Five, six thousand pounds today. And I, did, I went on, I, I made money, I made a million naira, and I made more than a million naira back then. And again, like I said, it was just, it was just a normal thing to do for a, for, for a young guy out there trying to survive. And then something happened. I met someone. I met Jesus. And one of, one of the first things that I realized or that hit me when I came into Christ was that actually... Making money shouldn't be the priority. It's having a relationship with him. And so one of the scriptures, you know, that, that, that struck me back then was that do not seek, it says, seek ye first. It's Matthew 6 and 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added. And so in that season of my life, I literally lost everything I'd made and I started with God afresh. And so this morning, we'll be speaking into Jesus and money. And this is one of those things we would probably gloss over in church. It's one of those things we would shy away. Whereas if you look through scriptures, in fact, in, 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 Luke, in the book of Luke, Jesus spoke about money. So statistics says Jesus spoke about money. In every seven verses, Jesus will speak about money at least in one verse. However, in the church today, we, we would shy away from that topic of money. Or in some cultures, we would focus so much on money. And so today we'll be speaking into the topic of money. Next Sunday, we'll be speaking about sex. Another unspoken topic in the church. Or we'll just ush over it and, you know. And then after that, we're going to speak into the third one. Who can guess? Mo- Sorry? Yes. So it's money, sex, and power. So yeah, get ready. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. But I think, I, think, I think what's really important is, it's not just speaking into these topics. It's understanding what's God's mind. How is that, how is that prevalent in our culture today? What was it like when Jesus was on earth? And what is it like today? And so over the, over the past couple of weeks, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been looking at countercultural Jesus. We've, we've looked at Jesus on purpose. We've looked at Jesus on counting the cost of following Jesus. I mean, that was a very, very hard conversation last week. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to go and listen to it. spoken into Jesus on the good life. And Jesus was just so countercultural in his ways. I mean, who would hang out with perceived sinners? when the culture of the day would say to you, do not sit with sinners. 
with prostitutes. It's almost, it's almost the same way today where we would have you know, people on the streets and really, why, why should I go hang out with someone who I perceive is, a, is an addict? That's what the world says to us, but Jesus says no. This is where my father's heart is and I'll spend time with these people. And so we would you know, unravel some of these um, teachings that Jesus has been bringing us into as, as a church. So we'll read from the book of Matthew 6, 19 to 24. It's going to come up. And it says, it says, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. In this passage we've just read, we see Jesus present to us three choices on how to view money. And so the first one is the choice of treasure, which is do not store for yourselves treasures on earth. So it's either we have treasures on earth or we have treasures in heaven. Now, just a little context. In those days, a sign of being blessed because remember, these were Jews who understood Abrahamic covenant. And a sign of being blessed, a sign of being righteous in those days was one, in looking really good. And so you would find these guys, you know, owning really, really lovely, well, like tunics or, you know, a um, piece of clothing. It was, it was a sign of being blessed in those days. You would find people investing in food. Again, it was a sign of being blessed in those days. You would have people invest in gold, silver, trinkets. It was all signs of being blessed. And then here is Jesus speaking to this multitude who had gathered around him. And so we see that from, from Matthew 5. And so this story started from Matthew 5, where a crowd had gathered around Jesus. And some of those people would have been the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who would teach people that if you were, you know... Um, if you were righteous, you would look this way, you would dress this way, you would speak this way. And so Jesus said to them, you need to be really mindful that you are not investing or you are not putting all your, earthly, all your possessions on things on earth where moth, where um, vermin, where rust, where thieves could come in and break in and you know, take all of these things away. But he says, store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, it's so interesting that what Jesus spoke into over 2,000 years ago is still prevalent in our culture today. It's still so relevant in our culture today. And we find ourselves in a, in a culture where it's all about the isms. Materialism, secularism, individualism. It's all about what can I get for myself. That's the world we find ourselves in today. And even though what, was, what, what, what threatened them back then was, what were things like moth and thieves, but we still have threats today. 
And so very recently, we've just been dealing with the impact of COVID where people have either, you know, saved up so much and invested so much and COVID came in and in one day wiped out people's savings. Or very recently in the US, they've had Hurricane Ian where, you know, again, savings, material possessions have just gone in one instant. And today we are faced with economic recessions all over. And so Jesus was saying to them, you need to be really mindful where your investment is, what you are investing is in. Because when you invest in things on earth, even though it's good, and please do not get me wrong, Jesus wasn't saying don't make money and don't invest. But he was saying when you invest, is it with that mindset that one day I'm going to heaven? Is it with that mindset that there is eternity? And so am I preparing for eternity? Or am I living life as though this is all there is to life? I read the story of a man who, after listening to a sermon, a message like this, a very worldly man, said to his wife, well, you know what, babe? When I die, I'm going to take my money with me. So he had a stack of money in a room in his house so that when he dies, he's just going to grab that bag and take it with, take it with him to heaven. And then he dies. And his wife was like, well, let me go check out this room. And she goes into the room and she finds the stack of money. Oh, silly John, I told him. He should have put it in the basement. Really? No, you can't take your money with you to heaven. It ends here on earth. And so Jesus says, your investment should be on heavenly things, should be on things that have eternal value. And now the truth is, you said to me, well, Larry, how do I invest in, in things in heaven when I'm on earth? Do I tr- throw my money up there and then it goes to heaven? How do I invest in heaven? Well, the first thing is, God wants us to invest in righteousness. So as a people, God wants us to follow him follow his leading, follow his word. But also, God wants us to invest in things that have eternal value with the resources that he has blessed us with. And so whether we come into a church like this, for example, and there is a given week, for example, God wants us to invest in things like that because then these things would count in eternity. If there is a mission somewhere and God has laid it on your heart, that's where he wants you to invest in. He wants you to support the poor and the widow and the widows. Somewhere in Proverbs, it says, it says, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and he would have his reward. And so these are things that have eternal value to God where we are more focused on how we promote kingdom agenda and how we promote God's kingdom. It says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And so how do we partner with the laborers out there in the field? And so when God blesses us with material things, this is how he wants us to think. And then Jesus goes on to say, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart would be. And so the question this morning is, where is your heart? If I come into church this morning and I had 100,000 pounds and I kept it there, Nothing 
Landry would be saying would make sense to me because my mind would be there. If I'll be wondering, ma'am, please don't go near that. Please don't go. If anybody goes this way, why, why is he going that way? Is, is he trying to? Because that's where your treasure is. But Jesus is saying, put your treasure in things that are above. When I was younger, I used to listen to rap music. And one song, one rap music I listened to back then, it says, put your money where your mouth is. Well, Jesus is saying, put your treasure where your heart is. Where is your heart? Because your treasure would follow your heart. It would be clear where your heart is with the way you use your um, resources and what God is blessing you with. And then this brings brings us to the next um, choice, which is the choice of focus or vision. And so in, sorry, one sec. It says, it says in verse 22 of, of, the, of the passage we read earlier, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so we see Jesus speaking here again. So the light is how light, sorry, the eye is how light would primarily come into our bodies. And so this is how we see, this is how we have vision because light would come into our eyes. But, but then Jesus was speaking, metamorph- um, was speaking in metaphors as he would normally do. And he was actually speaking about the heart because the heart is the eye to the soul and it's through our heart we're able to access Either A, God's blessings, God's truth. And people on the outside will see the state of our heart and our soul through the things we do. And so he was saying, if, if, your, if your heart is full of light, which is God's truth, which is God's word, it will be so evident. And this would impact or influence where your treasure is. However, if your heart is full of what the world offers, it says, how great is this darkness? Why? Because the world is all about me, self, I. Recently, we had Ben come to speak to us, and he spoke about going from um, Satanism into the church. And one of the things he spoke about which struck me was how that the philosophy of Satanism was all about self and how, I get, how can I get ahead. And it doesn't matter whose ox is God, it doesn't matter who I step on as long as I get ahead in life. And this is what the world basically presents to us. Me, self, I. How do I get? How do I receive? Whereas the Bible says it's more blessed to receive, to give rather than to receive. And so there is a contrast between, between the world's view and God's view. The world is saying to you, think about how to get ahead. Now, that's not bad in itself. As long as you are not trying to bring people down, but the world doesn't care. I don't care how I get promoted as long as I get, as I get promoted. I don't, get, I don't care who, who gets hurt as long as I make money. That's what the world says to us. 
I don't care about who dies and how I need to cut corners. And so what is in your heart? What are you focused on? Is it God's truth? Or is it what the world offers? And that brings me to the last part of this passage, which is the choice of master. Jesus says in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you, you, you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. I remember many years back when I read this, what I thought then was, so does that mean I can't have two jobs? Because, I mean, I can't have two masters. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Money could be your master. And it's, it's, it's so easy to sit in church and say, well, you know what? This is a very middle-class society. I pay my tithes. I give, I give in church. I support, you know, all of these things. But then very, in a very subtle way, greed comes in. Covetousness comes in in very subtle ways. And you start leaning towards money and mammon. And it's so subtle. Now, how do I mean? I don't know if, if this has happened to you, but I've had God do this, deal with me this way a lot of times where I feel the Holy Spirit will say to me, Landry, I would want you to either give to that person out of what I've blessed you with. I'd want you to support this project out of what I've blessed you with. And I'm like, no, Lord, no, that's not happening. I gave to this last month. I supported this this month. I'm not giving, Lord. But then that shows my heart. That shows where my treasure is. That shows who I'm serving. And it's not, it's not a matter, it's not about whether I'm rich or I'm poor. Mm -mm. It's, it's about your heart. Why? Because we, we, we read about the, sto the story of the woman who gave her widow's mind. She, she was, this woman was really poor. But out of the little she had, she still took out of that and she gave. And Jesus was pleased. And so it's not about how much money I have or how little I have. But it's about your heart. And who are you serving? What are you serving? Now, the material possessions and the blessings that God brings into our lives is meant to serve a purpose and not for us to serve it. And so God brings resources into our lives to serve us. These things would serve us, should serve us, not us serving these things. How do we support a church like this? God blesses us so we can support. How do we support missions out there? God blesses us so we can support. How do we help the poor? God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. How do we help the widows, the needy, in our society, God blesses us so we can be a blessing. And so as I said earlier, I found myself struggle from time to time where God would say to me, Landry, I want you to give. And I'm like, no, Lord. And in those moments, there's that very 
ugly feeling. And I can sense it. And I know this is not God. But covetousness and greed comes in. And I struggle. And if you have been honest, I'm sure that would have happened to some of us. And I just, there's just that sense of greed that wells up on the inside of me. And I'm like, no, Lord, I'm not giving. But then when I, when I obey and I give, I mean, I've had times where, where God would say to me, give everything you have in your account. And when I obey, even though it was really hard letting go, but what I've found is that it comes through as Jairi, as the one that provides. And so the question to us this morning, as I bring this service to a, to a close, is one, where is your heart? What do you treasure? Two, what is your focus? Heavenly things or the nice things here on earth? Three, who is your master? Is it money? Like Nat said, money. Is it money? Or is it God, the one who is the giver of money? And it almost feels like, Larry, you know what? I hear you. It's easy for you to say, I don't even have any. I don't even have money. I feel this morning, the Lord would have us speak into that, pray into that, and so we're going to have a moment to pray. But I'd want to challenge us this morning, as David said in Psalm 139. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. He says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so the band is going to play in a moment. But I want us to go back into this scripture. If you have your Bibles, it's in um, Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. And I just want us to bow our heads, if we can, and just say to the Lord, Lord, search me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. If there are any offensive ways in me, if I'm beginning to pan and tilt towards money and mammon, Lord, test me. Reveal to me. And for some of us, without even saying that prayer, we know that this is where my heart is. I struggle. If I value things on earth more than things that are heavenly and things that have eternal value, then Lord, test me and search my heart and review them this morning, oh God. And so the band is going to lead us in worship and I'm going to come up in a sec and we're going to tie that up. But I want you to make that your prayer this morning and say, Lord, search me. Reveal to me.